Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what is up? Well, I played, uh, I'm happy for this team. This is a great season, part for like the last, I don't know, five days. And to be honest with you, I kind of miss Thunder basketball already. And it's not good. Uh, I mean, I'm stand by, like I stand by the fact that this season was amazing, incredible. Mm-hmm. But still, in the back of your mind, you have like two points. We could, like, if if a little bit of a like if if that layup goes in or CP3 shot goes in, we could play the Lakers. It is crazy to think about how razor thin the margin was yeah. for for these teams because you're watching them compete and you think wait the thunder could be playing that team (laughs) right now (laughs) lebron james and (laughs) anthony davis uh it is it is a little maddening and like the expectation the expectations weren't there you know so it's it's just it's a different feel to it but when you go break it down you're like man well there's just one game away and we did that we're doing this exercise today where we're ranking the players performances in the bubble and after like going through some of these i almost think wait how did they go to seven exactly <laughs> yeah exactly the, the numbers are just not there like they i mean i know that for a huge part of the season okc played as top team in the West record wise. But even in that span, if you look at net rating and all the advanced number, they are just not there or at least not there to the, like the Bucks have the net rating of a terrific regular season team. The Thunder did not. And well, well, poor Bucks fans. But anyway, uh, for the Thunder, I mean, you you could see that even in this series, the Thunder were not dominant. We're not the better team. The Rockets were. And oh, yeah. still, OKC, thanks to some incredible performance from Chris Paul, basically. Yeah. And and sure, there are times they were there. And when you're there, like you, you can't help yourself. You just you just believe. And this Thunder made this Thunder team made you believe for the entire season, which is something that I will never forget. And and this is why this season was so great to cover. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was surprising in a lot of ways. It went oh, about no. as as well as it could have gone. Uh, it's it's crazy to to take a look back and see where they've come. So we are going to rank the rotation players from nine to one. Uh, we're excluding guys like Mike Muscala, Abdul Nader. Unfortunately, Andre Robertson, because he was kind of, it's funny, we you dial it back not that long ago, and we thought Andre would be in the rotation. They thought it was like an easy thing. Easily in the rotation. He wasn't. Uh, Deontay, and then even Hamadou Diallo, I don't think, I don't think it's worth talking about him, because to me, they're, none of them were really in the rotation. They tried Hami at the beginning of the series, but it was like so clear. I mean, if you want to talk about a 10th guy, I mean, Hamadou is the 10th guy. And Hami is just not a very good NBA player. I mean, that's just a reality of that. And so um, he's, 
to me, if he's going to be an NBA player, it's down the road, uh, but he's not ready yet. Any thoughts on any of those guys? Um, I mean, I don't think I was, it was sad for me to, to watch Dre playing 72nd of basketball in the playoffs. I, I did hope for something better from him for sure. Um, but I mean, you could, you could expect that. I mean, the bubble play before the playoffs was kind of okay. Uh, but it's James Harden. And the only place for Under Albertson in this series could have been I can guard James Harden for five to ten minutes a night and be okay with that, even if I don't contribute anything on offense. Um, it was clear in that very short span that he got in game one that he didn't belong to the to the to this kind of basketball. Um, for Hami, I mean. I don't know what's Billy's fascination with Ami. I, I probably <laughs> I know. know uh, he looks he looks like an NBA player uh, in terms of athletic ability, and he looks like a good defender in terms of the way in which sometimes he competes on the ball. Off the ball, he's just atrocious. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, in this series, the margin of error was really laser thin, as you said, and you cannot afford to play guys that do not provide surplus value on at least one side of the court. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe we'll talk about that in a minute uh, regarding other players. But with Hami, I mean, the rebounding part, the rebounding could have been something. But I mean, playing the Rockets, again, requires such a high IQ in terms of positioning and an and offensive IQ in general, I mean, the fact that you can take some shots against the Rockets, but those shots are not the one that you should take. And I mean, to me, his minutes in game one were just minutes that OKC lost, lost mm -hmm. completely. Mm -hmm. In the bubble, I mean, he played better, but I mean, would I trust Hami in like for the, for the entire season uh, as, a, as the seventh man? Probably not. Eighth? Probably still not. And if you'd go into nine, tenth men, then yeah, but like men number nine and ten in your uh, in your team are pretty easy to find. Yeah. The NBA is full of veterans and minimum oh. guys that you can take and, and the they can fill the rotation. It's full so, of nine, ten guys. <laughs> yeah, the G, the G League is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Take Alex Caruso. He may be your sixth best guy if yep. you're the Lakers. So. I mean, there are guys like that, wings that can kind of shoot, that can that have maybe less raw athletic abilities like Caruso, but they are a smart player, that they can be on the court and be okay. I mean, Seth Curry is the example of a guy that did not have the, the shooting of his brother, did not have the athletic ability to be um, like a surplus defender, but he has one skill and that skill works in the NBA. With Hami, I don't know what skill, like what that skill is. Jumping really high and being really athletic, it's not enough in today's NBA. Mm -hmm. No, it's not. Uh, and from from one guy whose stock is way down to another, I mean, Terrence Ferguson is kind of the beginning of this. Oh, guys that played rankings, right? Because uh, Ferg played throughout the series. He didn't play a ton of minutes or, or his totals. It wasn't. A lot. I mean, he played 42 total minutes in the bubble. So we're not talking a large sample size. 
but in those minutes, like his just raw stats, like he shot two of 11 from the field, 18%, yeah. uh, six points, four rebounds in 42 minutes. I mean, he's not only unproductive <laughs> as a player, which is, it's an issue. Like if you're an NBA player and you're getting minutes, you want to have some productivity. You want to be a productive player. Yeah. Uh, but not only that, like he just doesn't have the defensive impact that he had. I mean, he had moments like s- small glimmers of hope there, but overall, like over- across his 42 minutes, it may have been like three of those 42 minutes <laughs> that he had these like glimmers of hope yeah. that he's an NBA player. Uh, he had like a couple plays on James where he was like, Oh, well, there it is. And then the rest of it's like, Oh yeah. Like he's like, just, a mannequin of an NBA player just out there. Like he's just like this like sterile body that just doesn't do anything. Like he doesn't do anything. He's just, he can be in the way and that's about as good as it gets for him. And which is sad because he went from coming into the league as like this prospect that could really fill it up. And that's what people thought he was going to be, that he could even be like a six man type of score coming in off the bench. He could just pour in seven or eight threes in any given game and like, wow, like he could be a difference maker. Well, turns out he gets OKC. Well, he's just a really an elite defender that can hit threes in a streaky manner. Still, that's great. Those guys are not, those guys aren't easy to find that like great defender with good length, good athleticism, and they can also, you know, shoot the three at a decent clip. And now that's all gone. I mean, all of it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't see any of that. Yeah, I mean, I have two lists here in terms of ranking. One is value provided during the series and stock improvement. Um, yeah. He's dead last in oh, both yeah. of the lists. Easy. And, and it's, I mean, it sounds even useless to, to rank his performance because he's clearly not there. I mean, he's not himself. And until we see again, a guy that could take mid-range jumpers against the Lakers with a jumpy and uh, like he was he was a different player. He was all over the place when he was a rookie and his second season was, was even better in terms of discipline and defensive ability and the fact that he could really shoot it. I mean, there was a there was a huge stretch where he shot 40 percent from three. I mean, it's it's so weird to see him like that. As of today, where at the beginning of the season, even through his struggle, I was thinking, well, maybe if you give him a contract like Lou Dort, like five, seven, six, 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 seven millions over the next two, three seasons, maybe he will find himself again. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure they will, like, they will just part ways with him, trying yeah. to put him in a different context just to, just to see if he can get back to, to something. Because just throw, just throw him really in like, if, like you might just throw him into like a Chris Paul or a Dennis trade or whatever. And we'll, yeah, I yeah. promise, I promise we will do trades. We will do oh, yeah. episodes yeah. with trades. Uh, but we've got a lot of time. People. Oh, so we we've are not trading Russell Westbrook back to a KC today. <laughs> it's not the plan. No, 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 no. Oh, really? No, no. Okay. So it's next week. Can we can we have that trade discussed? No, I'm, okay, no. maybe in a few days. Fine. May. Okay. Um, but he, yeah, I mean, he will be a filler. Uh, maybe another team will say, "Hey, okay, we will just 
we need spacing. Uh, we, we will try, like, like Philly can try if he's able to space a little bit. Today's episode is brought to you by Untitled Community Service Club. If you like comedy, you're going to love this fully improvised comedy show. Nothing is planned. Everything is made up on the spot, from the characters and their personalities to the entire storyline as a whole. The show follows Coach and Sid, who are two former high school bullies, and their transition not only to college life and what that entails, but also to become better people. Each episode features a unique guest that Coach and Sid try their best to help in any way they can. Season one airs September 1st, and you can listen to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. That's the Untitled Community Service Club. Take a listen on September 1st if you want a real good laugh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's worth giving him a change of scenery. I think it's definitely yeah. worth that. Uh, okay, so we're on to number eight in this list, and we'll go a little bit faster. I think we probably spent too much time on Terrence Ferguson. Uh, but I've got Nerlens Noel <laughs> down there. Uh, he, he, to me... You know, had opportunity to to really show out. He just didn't really provide a ton of value to the team. Uh, he he had a, a decent rebounding bubble, but overall, like I just I didn't get the Man. sense that he's anything but a just a backup big. And especially when you play against the Rockets, like backup big men, it's hard for them to provide value unless they're just like these monsters of productivity, like like a Montrez Harrell or somebody like that who can punish the Rockets for going small. And New Orleans is just not that guy. I think he's a fine stand-in guy. Uh, I think that he could, like, he'd be fine on the Lakers. He'd be fine on the Clippers. He'd be fine on any of these, like, nice teams that just need a guy. But, uh, you know, the hope of New Orleans being anything but that, which I think there was there's some of that there. Uh Last summer, I felt like there was some of that there, uh, but to me, it's it's really just not there. Like he's not great at catching the ball. He's not a great decision maker. He's a good shot blocker, but he's just not a great defender. Uh, yeah. In fact, he blocked only five shots in almost a hundred minutes in the bubble, which is yeah, which is kind of interesting. Like he's and it's it's crazy. That's the second most in terms of total blocks for the Thunder in seven games, which is just, that's just the Rockets though. The Rockets, they take threes or they take uncontested layups (laughs) and that's about it. Right. And so you're not going to block shots. And so it's, it's just a funny series to have him in as like a, he's a key rotation guy. I mean, he played almost a hundred minutes in seven games and, you know, I can't disagree with like Jay just keeps saying like, man, I wish they would have just played Mike Muscala instead of him. I wish they would have just played Muscala instead of him. And I can't disagree with Jay on that. I mean, Muscala at least provides shooting, which is something the Thunder desperately needed. And floor spacing, which is something the Thunder desperately needed. Whereas, and, and the Thunder like to pretend that like New Orleans provides like this vertical spacing with him like rolling to the rim. Nobody's afraid of him rolling to the rim. Just not, it's not a thing. It's just not a thing. Uh, yeah, and, so I mean, the I mean, other team that's, will that's bank on the Orleans. fact that he could just. Yeah, the other team will bank on the fact that 
once or twice. He will fumble the ball. And overall, I mean, the productivity of a rim running center against Houston that cannot post you up is, is just limited. Uh, I have Noel in the, um, in the same spot in my value provided list, mm-hmm. not in the improved their stock, not because I think that he improved his, but I think that Steven Adams depleted his value way, way more than what Noel did. Yeah. Um, his play against Houston was terrible. I assume that Adams is next on your list. Yeah, Steve is next. Yeah, and I have basically I have the two flip flop in the improvement stock. So uh, Adams number eight and Noel number seven yeah. because I think that at the end of the day, uh, Noel has a minimum contract in this league. And so if you are played out of the court um, by Houston, and if you are back at big, that, that again, gets one, two, three, five million maybe next season, then it's fine. I mean, the Rockets are a very, very weird team to play. If you are Steven Adams and you have still one year at 26 millions and you cannot provide any value uh, also due to lineups, uh, clearly, because that is a huge part of why Adams is a negative in this series. But still, probably the first 10 minutes of game one were the best of his series. And if you have the first 10 minutes of a series as your best moments, something is wrong. I know that the rebounding component was very good in terms of uh, team rebounding when Steven was in the court, even on a personal level. I mean, he took almost 12 rebounds per game. The numbers, if you look at them, 60% uh, field goal percentage, uh, bad free throws, but that that is Steven. But you got away with, with uh, like, I mean, no one wanted Steven Adams on the court at the end of the game. Yeah. And that is, I mean, if you feel that way, uh, I mean, I'm not sure that he it should be any higher in the list. And I had the feeling, I mean, I know why Billy went to that, to that lineup. Uh, yeah. uh, I know that. I know why. I mean, it's, and it's probably the first time in a while that he really based a lot of his decision in terms of uh, like a huge sample size, the entire season, that lineup was working. So let's roll with that, which is the same thing that the Rockets do uh, in, a, in a different way. Of course, they do not take mid-range shots just because they shot 30% from three. Mm. They will never do that. They will stay true to their to their principle and to who they are. And if you look at the Thunder in that way, I mean, you can see that who they are is just playing a big man that can screen for you, that can rebound for you that can punish sometimes in the post for you that is a great offensive rebounder this is what the thunder wear for the entire season and so i'm conflicted here because there is this nature of the thunder that plays part and also the fact that gala center was a way to put the rockets at test and to improve the production of gallinari yeah yeah i couldn't agree more i think he had just had a rough series and it's uh, been a trend for for Steve-O in the playoffs and you can't blame wear and tear all that much on it because they didn't play that many games before they got to the playoffs and he was playing injured but like that's just I don't know that that's ever going to be not a thing for Steven the way that he plays he's just so physical uh, and it's not I don't think I don't mean to say like I think Steven's a youth a useless player I think if you played any other team in the in the Western Conference I think he's a lot more useful. 
But the truth oh, yeah. is like, he just is not, he, he's not productive. He just wasn't very productive in 210 minutes. He scored 70 points and had 81 rebounds. I mean, total. Yeah. I mean, like that's just not I mean, good enough. 10, like 10 and 11. That's, that's fine. But the thing is you can go find a guy that if they're going to play 30 plus minutes a game, you can go find a guy to average a double double for you. Um, as far as like the production side, I know Steven does so much more than just the production side of the game, but he just didn't provide the value that you would, you would have wanted. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, and there were ways to maximize Steven's production in this series. And I know that Lou Dort played an integral part in guarding James Harden, but there are other ways. And probably playing these two guys together all that time was not yeah. the way to go. Yeah. And so maybe it's not entirely Steven, but if you rank today, I mean, how can you put him any higher? I mean, you can you can make a case that Gallo, which is next on my list, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, didn't have a great bubble. And, and it's true. I mean, he didn't produce at the level of the regular season. He had one great game. And for the rest, it was a mess series for him and a mad bubble. He had a couple of games where he wasn't himself. He was shooting five shots per game. This is not Gallo. Yeah. I'm not sure how much is his fault and how much... Because we never discuss enough the fact that putting yourself in a position on the court where you're available for shooting is an ability. And sometimes not being in the right position is not this is not discussed enough and it was clear to me at least in game six that he was willingly searching for that spot on the court and his teammates were finding him so i i don't know i would i have to get back and rewatch the series to understand if it's just gallo or just poor decision making by the thunder in general but well also the houston's throw, defense as well was just oh yeah i mean very yes. good they they yes. played very very well, and like the guys that Gallo's going up against and Covington and PJ Tucker, I no, mean Covington was amazing. Those guys, amazing. Were, those just guys amazing. were so good. Yeah, Covington. Yeah, Covington. Man, that guy is that guy is unbelievable. I mean, he's the second best Rocket during this run. Oh yeah, oh um, yeah. I don't if think only it's he was close. available during the season for like one first round pick. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's it's that that trade. Uh, I don't know that I liked it all that much in the moment, but I mean, they don't. If that's no. Capella in there he instead was, of Covington, was, the Thunder win that series. The Thunder win. He was amazing. Uh, but yeah, I've got Gallinari there at at that spot as well. So number six is why I have Gallo. Uh, number five. I've got Dennis Schroeder. Who do you, do you have Schroeder there too? Do we have the exact same list? Uh, well, yes and no. Um, <laughs> I have Schroeder in the improve their stock um, list at number six. Okay. Well, well just just above Gallo. Uh, in the value provided, I have Dennis in spot number two. Because oh, I do think okay. that whenever OKC was working, it was because Schroeder was rolling. Yeah. And without him, there is no way OKC wins more than one game mm-hmm. against uh, against the Rockets. If I 
if I ask you the same about Gallo, about Shea, about Adams, and probably about even Dort. Well, pr- maybe Dort. I, I was it was still in tow for me. Um, but if you say to me, well, you will play Dort, but not Schroeder, or you will play the three-point guard lineup for 38 minutes a night, I would just roll with the second one. Yeah. No, I get so, I get that because I mean. Dort, I mean, Dort showed us in two crazy different games how he can be such a huge help and such a huge hindrance. You know, yeah. game five to game seven. Like, that's the games aren't that different. Like, as far as how everything played out, if you like judged it while the shot's in the air kind of thing, you're like, okay, that's the same game. <laughs> that's the same game. Yeah. But Dort's shots went in in game seven and they didn't in game five. And so yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah, Dennis can has the potential to provide a a ton of value, and so I just I wonder if if teams, I mean, there's a there's a lot of teams I feel like that could use Dennis uh, mm-hmm. for next season, and the Lakers are toward the top of that list for me. Like I just, I just watch that team and think, shoot, like Dennis would, I mean, with the spacing yeah. with those two with LeBron and AD. I mean, Schroeder would be excellent for them. I mean, old man Rajon Rondo is providing excellent value for them right now. I think Schroeder's, Schroeder could definitely be a great addition to them. But I have him at five just because he was just kind of hot and cold, uh, which is kind of the Dennis Schroeder way. But um, as far as like stock goes, I don't know that. I mean, he's right in the middle. I don't know that he really improved his stock all that much in the bubble. I think that he is who he is and he we haven't talked about it. He was second in six six man of the year voting uh, that was announced on Friday. And I'm not totally surprised like Montrose Harrell had a great year. And so I don't I don't know if it's worth like the whole argument about him. Montrose Harrell being like the seventh guy for the Clippers or whatever. This is like Clippers award like. I'm sorry. Like the the Clippers have had Jamal Crawford, they have had Lou Williams, and uh, and they have Montrezl Harrell, all incredible players, all deserving of winning the award. Uh, and you know, Schroeder still has a little bit. I mean, honestly, Schroeder still has a little bit of like a reputation that he's battling with, at least like within the media. You know, if you're not watching OKC on a nightly basis, I don't know that you can actually like appreciate the the kind of player that he's become and so i think that you can that people probably still discount him a little bit uh just because of that type of the value that he is providing there live sports are back it's very possible that we may see an nba playoff matchup between the clippers and the nuggets jamal murray i know he heard this ad before didn't think he heard it in the first few games he's definitely heard it because he knows that he wants to help out manscaped because he wants to see your nuggets as safe as possible when that matchup happens. Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced. They actually just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is a perfect add on to their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. This year's 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes slash-tipped tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. 
Their Perfect Package 3.0 with the new and improved Lawnmower Waterproof Cordless Body Trimmer, Performance Boxer Briefs. The Performance Boxer Briefs, by the way, delightful. Wearing them now, very comfortable. And a travel bag for you to use when we're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with a crop preserver and crop reviver. The crop preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant. And the Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code THEATHLETIC20. Take your grooming game to the next level. You know, I, I'm fine with Harold winning the six man. It's it could have been Dennis. Dennis had a great season. Dennis had way less help than Harold uh, in, in in his bench units. I mean, if you factor the Lou Williams thing and and you give like the tandem is what worked for the Clippers uh, sure. last year and this year uh, with Dennis is just Dennis working with the starters and giving uh, that bench unit a lift and it was also true during the series so yeah i mean it's fine like who cares probably dennis is even Dennis don't care too much doesn't care too much about that mm-hmm. uh speaking of clippers or former clippers i have in both well no in in one list the um, contribution i have base at number four mm-hmm. but if i have to just because, not for his fault, but he played way less minutes than the other guys in front of him. Oh, but yeah. if we, if you are strictly speaking about, or if you want to put an emphasis on improvement, then I think number four in this list should be Shea. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't know who you have, but I think that Shea had, I think that somehow he got too much critics about the way he played. And on the other hand, he wasn't all that great, specifically against the Rockets. Yeah. So I do think that for a guy like Shea that makes his living today on certain stuff, playing the Rockets is a nightmare. And the the reason why I I have him fourth in this list, it's not because of his offense. Uh, there are reasons why his offense was that bad. He had the ball in sense a lot more than during the regular season. He he was used as a playmaker a lot more. And he didn't he didn't play all that great. But the fact that he was able to shoot 40% from three on five attempts on difficult attempts sometimes, it's a great sign. What I hold against him, it's not the offense, is that you cannot play defense like that and being like the number one player in this in this team going forward. You have to be better. He can be better and he should be better. And that is why I don't have him any higher because the defensive part was a problem. Because I I may be okay in Eric Gordon hitting a contested layup against you. I'm not okay when you cannot guard Austin Rivers. That mm. cannot happen. I don't care about the reason. I don't care why you are late. You are longer. You are younger. You should be better. Yeah. Yeah. His, and it was a lot of it was effort based. 
stuff because he would have moments where he was actually good on defense. And then he would have moments where he'd shrink a little yeah. bit. And that's just kind of, I mean, that's just kind of the nature of his game too, is just that he shrunk from the moment some, which is okay for a guy that's his age. That's, it's not, I don't think that it's an indictment on necessarily who he is or where he's going or what kind of player he is, or is he, you know, a number one player? Is he a number two guy? Number three? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to be moving forward. I think that it's, easy to sit back and say, yeah, judging by the way he played against the Houston Rockets, who are maybe the weirdest NBA team in the history of the game, just because of the way that they play and the way they approach the game that you just, I I don't, I don't know what to take from it. I think he's still a good player. I mean, like you look at his stats and like, there's some things that are impressive about it. He shot 40% from three on five attempts. Like that's, that's great. I mean, if you would have told me in the playoffs that, you know, at the beginning of the season, hey, Thunder making the playoffs, SGA is going to shoot 40% on five three-point attempts per game, and not all of them are catch and shoot. Like, you got some off the dribble, you have some step-back threes mixed in there. I'd be like, whoa, what? He did that? Okay, that's great. Cool, sign me up. You know, 16 points per game, it's down from where he was in the regular season, but... I mean, it's not like he scored like five points a game. It's funny because the guy that I I do have him at number four and the guy that I have ahead of him, like his counting stats just like don't even begin to approach <laughs> what Shea did in the playoffs. But for some reason, like our expectations were just very high, especially when you watch guys like Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray kind of go off in their series and take and seize control and become these guys of the moment. And Shea just doesn't really have any of those moments. Right. And so that's to me is, is a, is a little bit why I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not down on him per se, like for the first career, but he certainly didn't have the greatest playoff run. Now is the time to celebrate football is finally back. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, has millions of reasons why you should be excited. To kick off the football season, DraftKings is giving new users a free shot at a $1 million top prize with a total of $3 million up for grabs for this Saturday's football contest. Getting in on Thursday night's single-game showdown is easy. All you have to do is download DraftKings using the promo code MAYS, M-A-Y-S, Draft six players from the season opener, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. So head to the app now and start making it rain. Plus, new users who sign up today on DraftKings using the code MAZE will receive a free shot at a $1 million top prize with your first deposit. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game like having a shot at a $1 million payday. Download the DraftKings app now and use the code MAZE. For a limited time, new users get a free shot at the $1 million top prize and $3 million in total prizes. Don't miss the extra special week one bonus. Enter code MAZE to get a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. That code is MAZE. Only at DraftKings, make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Let's go to our top three, Michele, in these, this Thunder stock watch for the bubble. And so at number three, the guy, this guy improves his stock tremendously, not only locally, not only just with the Thunder roster, but I think nationally like people started to notice Darius Baisley is kind of a guy. And you look at his stats, 
and you think, oh, six points, six boards. Okay. Like that's, that's fine. But in 18 minutes per game, and he was consistent. I mean, if you look at his per 36 numbers, let's say that he got to play a full 36 minutes and he was at the same level of productivity, 13 points, 13 boards. That's better than what Steven did in 36 minutes per game, which yeah. like he was, he was very productive. His defense was solid. And I think that people are starting to notice this guy. And this is a guy who's on in really ending his rookie season in the bubble, able to play minutes for a playoff team, got increased minutes as the series went on. And to me still deserve more at the end of the day. I think that you could have played zero minutes of Nerlens and played all the minutes to Darius. And I, and I don't think he was going to be rattled. And I don't think it was going to make a huge difference uh, to the team. And in regards to like making them worse, I actually think it would have made him better because I think he spaces the floor. He provides similar type of rim protection. And we talked about, I mean, I don't think that Nerlens provided that much rim protection anyway. So um, what are your thoughts on Darius and the way that he played in the bubble? Well, I have, I have him higher. Uh, I have him second. Whoa. Um, Yes. Whoa. Yes. I have Lou Dort third, and okay. I'll explain why. Okay. Um, I do think that at the beginning of the bubble, if you go back to the early podcast we did, uh, Dream Team, whatever. Yeah. I'm not sure that Baisley was like a, a sure thing to be in the rotation. Sure. Oh, yeah. I talked about him maybe not being ready for it. Yeah, a lot, exactly. Actually. I mean, I, I did the same. We we just we basically didn't know. And after the seeding games, uh, the meaningless seeding games, and the the first few games of the, of the playoffs, it it was clear he was yeah. to me the seventh best guy on the Thunder, and maybe six on some nights. Yeah, like this is a tremendous improvement. For a guy that you don't know if you can play in a postseason to a guy that not only you can play, but he's actually good. And I remember texting with Fred, um, Fred Katz, and you know how much I I like Fred and his takes in basketball. Oh, yeah. He said to me, well, if, if the shooting is real, he is a player. Mm-hmm. And I came away from this, like this second part of the season thinking he is a legitimate shooter. Yeah, not because of the pull-ups, not because of the fact that he can shoot um, very good free throws, but like every spot-up shot looks the same. Mm-hmm. No matter uh, what the clock, what the time on the clock is, no matter if he's guarded like he's wide open or semi-guarded, like it's it was a transformation transformational moment for me in terms of thinking basically. Like this guy is really a legitimate player in this mm-hmm. league. And I didn't know that early. With Dort, I mean, I do think that we had the exploit of game seven and the fact that he was really able to affect Harden, like in a, in a t- tangible way. Yeah. But we also had the shooting issues. And so it's, it's better from what we knew before. And I have just three players that I think really improved their stocks and are like Dort, Baisley, and CP3 mm-hmm. um, in this order to me. But, I mean, I know maybe I should give Dort a little bit more credit for his shooting because overall, I mean, he seems a player that will eventually be able to shoot like Marcus Smart or whatever, like league yeah. average. But there were moments where I said to myself, well, 
if this is the way he will play offense, this is the Ludor that we we knew before. Yeah. And and with Basley, it's not that he didn't improve, it's just the improvement that Basley did were to like to me were greater. If you mm-hmm. if we are thinking like on core value, no, Dort provided more of that for sure. Yeah. I was so impressed with the way that Dort, I've got Dort second. I've got Basley third. He played extended minutes in the playoffs, provided value to the team on almost a nightly basis, game five. And some of it is, to me, it's not even all of Dort's fault. It's that the Thunder team, the point guard, the coach, everybody played into the hands of the Rockets. And that was, let Dort be the guy that beats us. And they, they allowed that to happen. And that to me is not Lou Dort's fault. That's not Lou Dort's skill set. He's not supposed to be the guy that's supposed to get you buckets on offense. That's not his job. That's not his job. No. His in in well, his, job. He's his job. He's a basketball player. Well, it's <laughs> I mean, not his. That's not what he's supposed I know, to I know. do. I mean, my goodness, know, the position they put him in was wild. It was wild. Yeah. Game seven scored thirty points. It was incredible. It was an out of body experience, yeah. not only for him but for me as well. I still am just shocked that they put him in a position to, to do that though. That should, that should never, ever, ever happen. I mean, the Rockets don't even do that to PJ Tucker for crying out loud. Yeah. So with Covington, which is a better shooter for sure. He's a better shooter. Yeah. Yeah, But this is Lou Dort undrafted rookie Lou Dort first time in the playoffs. Yeah, to me is it's, it's like it was insane. Yeah. yeah, and and to be honest with you, now that we are discussing it, um, the thing that the fact that he was able to bounce back from Game Five, yeah, is probably deserving more than what I give credit for because he was into a hole yeah. <laughs> all by himself because he knew that Game Six would be the same, and probably if it was a Game Seven. The treatment, the same. Like yeah. you can shoot wide open shots, and if you miss yeah. them, you lose the game for your team. So it was an awful situation for him. And even in that circumstance, he was able to to produce game seven yep. somehow. Mm-hmm. That is that is unbelievable. That um, is that 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 speaks to a level above yeah. what most Thunder shooting guards have been, as far as like a confidence level, um, a production level, like. If if you put Andre or Ferguson or even Tabo in those situations, I mean they don't they don't have that same level, and that's why I like to compare him to Marcus Smart. Who, I mean, Marcus Smart has won and lost games for the Celtics in the bubble on his shooting nights, you know, and yeah. that's just kind of the player that he is. And I think Lou's got the potential to be that kind of guy. They both think of themselves as point guards, although they're neither of them are NBA point guards. They both will take yeah. shots and they'll have games where they make and they'll have games where they miss, but their confidence doesn't seem to wane. And to me, that's a guy that is going to be helpful in the NBA for a long time. And so he went from, from somebody that I was, I knew they had to count on him uh, just because of the position they are with their roster. Like they had to count on Lou Dort, but for him to step up and be able to play in, in six games, 175 minutes, and you didn't think the whole time, man, they really need somebody else. I think that's a, that's a, that's a huge deal. 
that's a huge deal because we could have gone into it and Ludort could have been, you know, not confident in his shot, not confident in his offensive abilities, and they had to play Abdul Nader, and then you just don't know what's going to happen on the defensive end, and James Harden scores 60, and then – but they, that didn't happen. They went, to, they went to seven games, and you don't get to game seven without Ludort. You just don't get there. Yeah. And so I, yeah. I've got him number two. And you don't definitely go to game seven if you don't have the guy that every team uh, this summer should trade for. Uh, <laughs> number, number one guy, baby. I mean, yeah. Chris Paul had a heck of a series, man. He, yeah. he led them to game seven. He didn't have a great last few moments of game seven. But yeah. the fact that he led this Oklahoma City Thunder team throughout this whole season and then through the playoffs against his former team, I, it just shows a tremendous amount that he still has left. And it has Rockets fans saying and tweeting things like, if we would have not made that trade, we'd be the favorites right now. And I don't disagree with it. I don't disagree with it at all mm-hmm. because Chris is shooting the ball well. He's distributing well. He's defending well. He's arguing with the refs well. He's doing all the Chris Paul things that he's always done. And it, he was impressive. You know, he was about the shot 37% from three during the series on six attempts per game. I mean, that's great. Um, 21 yeah. points per game. He upped his season averages. I thought he was just so, so good. Yeah. Yeah, all the advanced numbers are in favor of Chris Paul, not the net rating because he had to play in the Dort plus Adams units. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, look, Chris, at the beginning of the season, we we didn't know what to expect. Uh, is he washed? Is he like a done deal? Like he, he wants out? No, nothing of the above. He was great for the entire season. Uh, and he was the main reason why OKC was able to, to play at this level for this amount of time. And, and like team took notice of that uh, even before the bubble. And I'm sure that the fact that he was able to lead the team to game seven against a team that will give the Lakers fits because I'm sure that the Rockets, well, they already did. They already won one game. The second was not close, but I'm not sure how it will go. Uh, I would not surprise if at least that's, if this, that series goes at least to six. And, and OKC was toe and toe with that team, thanks to Chris Paul. I mean, it was just awesome. And on the top of that, and I'll, I'll close with this, he, he is a huge part of the reason why Ludort had game seven. He is the reason why Baze was confident during yep. the series, during the bubble. Yep. It was the reason why Shea improved so much, even if we don't know, we don't say now that Shea improved too much. Well, that role of CP3 was as important as the, the results in terms of winning percentage and like this series uh, against the Rockets. I do think that that part um, will be remembered from OKC because, I mean, we have three players that played an incredible season, and I don't think that happens without Chris Paul. Yeah, there's no way. There's no way that happens without Chris. And the Thunder find themselves in this situation where they are just in a better spot. Have a guy who was thought to be untradeable, and now I think they're going to find a landing spot for him this summer. Oh, yeah. 
And I think there will be teams like the Knicks, like the Sixers, like the Milwaukee Bucks, who are just hanging on by a thread that see what Chris did, not only on the court, but off the court for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And, I mean, Jeremy Grant was calling this team a sinking ship in the offseason. And people thought that this thing was all going down, but it was all buoyed back up by Chris Paul. And for organizations that are in disarray, like the Sixers or the Bucks or the Knicks, like he's kind of the perfect guy to come in. And he's got one less year on his deal. That's helpful. Mm-hmm. We still don't. The financial situation of the league itself is still the biggest question mark for me when it comes to a Chris Paul trade. Yeah. And it's legitimate. The, it, if Chris Paul does not get dealt this summer, I think a huge part of it could be that the financials of the league are in, there's just calamity when it comes to it, that they can't trade him. I think that that is a legitimate possibility. And then the Thunder may run it back and Gallo may take a one-year deal and they just try to do it again. That's not, out of the realm of possibility, if only just because the financials of the league could be just horrible. That's a possibility. Mm. But if things can continue as close to as normal as possible, I would expect for Chris to be in a different uniform next year, and I would expect the Thunder to play a lot of SGA, Baisley, and Dort next year. That's I would expect that. And then whoever they get in the draft this year, uh, I would expect Which is to awesome. see to see a lot of that. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Kind of a fun exercise. It, uh, it makes me even more surprised or excited ab- about the fact that they did go to seven and it makes me excited for the future of the thunder that we've got up in the top five. All the young guys are there. They all stepped up. It was kind of this, these, the older guys within the team or the guys that are kind of lower on the totem pole in general that didn't perform. It's nice to see those young guys step up and perform well. Uh, I thought it was impressive. So uh, any parting words, McKellie? No, I'm ready to get back on the draft train whenever that starts again and nope. on whatever is left of this season because, I mean, these playoffs in the bubble, I mean... They're good to watch, I would say. Maybe fun. not the best playoff ever, but if you like, if you t- told me like a month ago, this is what you get. I mean, yep. really? This is what the NBA can get me? I mean, these. I mean, we had amazing games, and it's just I'm just thankful that we can get to see this level of basketball yep. in September. Yep. Very weird. But very good. Very weird. Uh, make sure yeah. you're following McKelly on Twitter at Mikey Barra. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you have an iPhone, it's very easy. And it's very helpful for us if you will do this. So just click on the Purple Podcast app. Search Down to Dunk. Hit five stars. It's very helpful for our podcast. So please do that. Have a great rest of your day. Sorry we're getting this podcast about a little bit later. We had some technical difficulties. So if you hear the sound quality ebb and flow throughout this, uh, there's a reason for it. So just uh, bear with us and uh, we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.